Welcome to Comedians with Ghost Stories. I'm your host, writer and comedian Emily Winter. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please, if you are having a good time listening, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. And one other wonderful thing you can do to support me and the pod is to buy my book. It's a trivia book called One Day Smarter. It makes a perfect grab bag gift book for anyone for the holidays. Um, I would say anyone 12 and older. Uh, Maybe a little younger if they know about SEX. You know, it's not a swear, it's not a book full of swear words. I'm just babbling now. I'm going to keep this in. Uh, It's not a book full of swear words. It's not a book full of sexy information, but it does, as they say on This American Life, acknowledge the existence of sex. Um, But beyond that, I think it makes a great gift for anyone. So my book just came out. It's called One Day Smarter. It's hilarious random information to uplift and inspire, and I hope you get it wherever you like to get your books. Thank you uh, for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. to have writer Carrie Cullen. Carrie, welcome. Hey. Hello. Thank you for sharing your story, a story that you've told me and I was like, oh my gosh, you have an amazing uh, ghost story and I love it. And it's from right here in New York and I will let you take it away however you want, want to. All right. Um, so the story takes place in Woodside, Queens in an apartment that I lived in for one year with a few of my friends. Um, And it has a weird prelude, which is that at the time I was getting like in the process of getting diagnosed with harm OCD, which means that I was like kind of kind of casually afraid that I might secretly be like an evil person who could do something like truly horrific and like like kill people or like torture people and that I my like normal self was really just a cover and that like I might one day wake up and be like, oh no, actually I'm evil deep down. Um, I didn't know that this had a name and I'm so fascinated by this besides the ghost. Like my friend was talking about how she was in therapy because she had babies and she, you know, her first, she has three now, but she kept thinking that she secretly wanted to murder her baby, but then she would like freaked out by that because I think it's the thing that you care about the most. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) How did did they treat this? And how did, yeah. How did you figure this out? Yeah. So, so I had like vaguely heard about it before too. I actually, I had a friend a long time ago who had it and she was afraid she was going to kill people. Um, The actress Meryl Wilson, who was Matilda had it and she would talk about it on the internet sometimes. And I kind of like, so I was kind of casually aware that this was a thing. And I was always like, God, that sounds awful. And then one day it just like, I just had it. Um, and I realized in retrospect that I'd had other forms of OCD throughout my life. Like my mom used to tell this cute story about how, when I was a little kid, I felt the need to like confess every single one of my bad thoughts. So I would just like walk around all day being like, I had a bad thought. I had a bad thought and like, I need to apologize for it. And like for a while I was convinced I had bed bugs, even though I didn't. Um, so like, like various permutations, but I didn't have like the harm related one until one day it was just there. Um, and that was the point where I was like, oh, this is a problem. I should probably get help. Um, but it still took a while to kind of like get up the courage to do that. Cause I was like, what if a therapist just like thinks I'm a bad person and you know, it was this whole thing. Um, so the way they treat it is with exposure and re- response prevention. So if I had like 
a contamination kind of OCD, for example, it would be like, okay, I'm really afraid of like being in a place where I might get sick. I'm really afraid of like dirty places. Um, and like a really intense form of that might be like a therapist going with me to like the grossest place in the subway and being like, okay, just hang out here. And like, you can't leave. You have to just like get okay with it. Um, since mine are more in my mind, it's more about like forcing myself to imagine these like horrible outcomes that I was super afraid of. So I would like journal in like very, very contained bursts. And then I would have to like reread what I had journaled. And it would be like essentially this like terrifying anti-fantasy kind of thing. Um, whole point being that like during this like six months to a year of my life, I was like not really sleeping very much. Um, and then I started to, so I was like fighting this, this one big obsession, which was like the, what if you're evil obsession? Um, and like a thing that I've noticed is that when, now that I know OCD better, like if I'm like tackling one big obsession, a bunch of new little ones will kind of like audition. It's like, they're like, oh, you're super stressed out. You're getting rid of this one. But like, what if you have a blood clot? What if your heart is beating too much? What if, like, That's so um, relatable. That is so relatable. <laughs> the second you get over something, something else just comes to take its place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so one of my random ones at this time was like, what if the house is haunted? Um, and I was like, okay, like the house isn't haunted. This is just my brain trying to find another thing to be stressed out about now that it's starting to not be stressed out about the what if I'm evil thing. So I was like talking to my roommates a lot about it because I usually feel like if I can like joke enough about something before it takes root, it like won't take root. So I was like, LOL, our house is haunted. And they were like, okay, cool. Um, but then one night, like completely separate from my fears of the house being haunted, I was almost asleep and I felt something like jump up onto my bed. And it wasn't like any of the types of things I had been afraid of. And it was like kind of comforting and I couldn't figure out why. I was like, that was so weird. And it somehow felt familiar, like this silent thing, just jumping up onto the bed and sitting there for a little bit and then being gone. And what and did you envision your house, your, the haunting to be like when you were freaking out about it? When I was freaking out, it was more like, what if there, what if I like wake up and there's a ghost standing at the foot of my bed? Or like, what if there's like a, a monster or like a creature or like a demon kind of thing? It wasn't this like kind of soft, chill, not scary thing. It was definitely something where like I was afraid of being afraid. And the thing that actually happened was not scary. It was kind of nice. So yeah, I, I like wasn't afraid of this thing. And that made it really different and kind of strange because I was like, I, I thought I was afraid of my house being haunted. But now that I've actually like felt a physical sensation, it was not scary. That's so weird. Um, and, you know, like I wondered if it would happen again. It never happened again. Uh, I ended up moving out of that apartment not that long after. And then one day, so my friends who were my roommates were still in the apartment and a new girl moves into my room. One day, my friend Angela said, you know how you like kept joking about the house being haunted all the time. Like I've been hearing things fall to the ground in that room when you're, when she's not there. Um, Wait, was it Angela's room that Angela took your room? No, it was the, another, another girl. Okay. One of the yeah. Roommates. Yeah. 
So Angela would be like out in the common room and she'd hear a crash, but she'd know that like the roommate was not there. Um, One day it was like a a stone statue of some kind that was just like, there was a crash to the floor and then the roommate came home and they realized that the statue had fallen to the ground. And something about the way Angela was saying like, I don't know, it's like things are getting knocked off the shelves. I was like, oh my God, it was a ghost cat. Like it just kind of clicked. Amazing. And as soon as I said it, Angela was like, it is a ghost cat. Like, that's absolutely the answer. It makes so much sense. Like, we've both had cats. We're both familiar with cats. She's like, that's what the sounds are. Like, that's what it's like. Um, that's what it felt like when it jumped on your bed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is why it felt like familiar and comforting because I grew up with cats and they would always like jump on the bed, like settle near my feet, hang out there for a minute, eventually jump off in like exactly that same way. Yeah. Um, I was actually, I was talking to my roommates about it today because I was saying that I'd be talking about it and everybody was like, yes, yes, of course, the ghost cat. We remember this well. Um, And we were talking about how there was this church that was abandoned nearby where there were always like five or six cats outside. And we wonder if maybe like one of them snuck in. Um, Yeah. A little, yeah, a little cat (laughs) from the church. That's so sweet. Oh my gosh. Wait, did, so the, the person that moved into your room, did they have any experiences with the cat? Just the same that like they would notice things getting knocked over all the time and like things would just sort of topple off the shelves. Um, I think it was mostly when they weren't there. And so they would come home and things would be on the floor. Um, but I think they might've noticed it. I don't, I don't know them as well. I think they might've noticed it happen once or twice too. That is absolutely adorable and amazing. And I love this story because I've heard before that like animals don't have, there can't be um, ghosts of animals because animals don't have souls because they're not 21 grams lighter when they die, which I think is BS. Like animals, animals can have different, like soul, their souls can be different than ours, you know? Um, And I feel like- We're all soul. What? I think animals are all soul. Yeah, totally, totally. And um, we are mostly not soul and we just have the teeny (laughs) tiny little bit. Exactly. uh, try to keep us in line um so yeah so I love this story so much because (laughs) it makes me feel like our pets can really be around us and like animals can really be around us it's so wonderful are your friends still in that apartment no they left the apartment um and they actually uh one of my friends told me she must have told me before but I just uh, she told me again today that when she left, she was talking to the guy who owns the building. And he mentioned that like the part of the house that was my room had like years and years ago been a general store. So she was like, the cat was a bodega cat. Oh my gosh. The original bodega cat is in your old room. That's amazing. (laughs) That is so awesome. It's so sweet. It makes me so happy. And like, I don't know, as we like get to this time of year where it's like so miserable out, I am like, I do love like a happy a happy animal ghost story. So was this your first, did this make you believe in ghosts? Did you believe before then? I believed already. I think I've always kind of liked the, just like the idea that the world that we see is not the entirety of the world. And that there's a lot of stuff underneath that we're not really paying attention to a lot of the time. But I think this was the time when I had the most like an actual physical sensation and like a presence as opposed to kind of just like a creepy feeling or something like that. Um, has this 
I, I love having a writer on because a lot of times <laughs> I have stand-up comics on and it's not necessarily, I don't know that many stand-up comics with sets about ghosts, um, but to, has, did this experience affect your writing in any way? Like having, having an actual experience? Yeah, it did. Um, I mean, it's, it actually, it probably affected the way that I felt about mental health and stuff a little bit more. And, you know, I was already dealing with OCD, but one of the hardest things about when I had it before I was diagnosed was that I was like, this is so upsetting to me that I will never be able to write about it. And there was nothing that I considered off limits in my brain until then. Um, but through, like getting diagnosed and doing exposure and response. And like, I kind of think even maybe the experience of being afraid of something and it turning out to be harmless and sweet have allowed me to write about it. So I'm working on a novel about it now. A novel about specifically the harm OCD? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, yeah. That is very cool. Wow. Well, this is wonderful. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we... Oh, oh wait, I do have actually one question for you because I know you. <laughs> So you have a wonderful, wonderful dog, Marlo. And do you think, now Marlo is not an old dog, but do you think that like, since you have a dog that you love so much and are so close with, what do you think about like when dogs pass on? Is there a chance that they're still with us? Or, I mean, what's your feeling on this? Is it like humans? I mean, I I hope that they're still with us. I think, yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of pets in my life and I do feel like, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like maybe something is watching out for you. And I used to believe in God, but I don't anymore. But it would be so nice if I could believe like the dog that I had when I was a kid or something was watching it. This is turning into a really saccharine like book club book right now in my head. Uh, but, but it would be very sweet. <laughs> I love it. And I think of it all the time, too, because I have yeah. my old dog. I'm like, he was so mad, though, all the time. My dog Sparky he was like furious. <laughs> so I'm like, would he be like, I don't know. Would he be like the, the wild bartender? That's like, oh, I forgot. I'm gonna. I was gonna pour Emily an extra shot for no reason. Like, was that Sparky? Um. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I love talking about this. Do you have anything yeah. else before we wrap up? No, I think that's about it. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Carrie. Where can people find your work and find you on the internet and promote anything you would like to promote? Oh, um, you can find my writing at carriecullenwrites.com. And if you are a writer in need of a book editor, you can find my profile on readsy.com. Amazing. And it's Carrie uh, with a K-E-R-R-Y. Yes. yes. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Of course. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Comedians with Ghost Stories. Please check me out at Emily MC Winter on Instagram and Twitter and grab a copy of One Day Smarter, hilarious random information to uplift and inspire my new trivia book wherever you get your books. Have a great week.